Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I will be back here. I will be back here. I will be back for the next You will not get the best of me. Welcome to Fourth and Gold Podcast. We are back, powered by Pro Football Network. So uh, we are part of the Pro Football Network now. If you didn't know on the last podcast, you are aware now. We are back again with another episode of Mailbag Edition. But like always, when we go do these podcasts, something else comes up in 49er <laughs> land. Uh, today, Mike Silver had some some news about our favorite 49er, currently George Kittle, but we'll get into that. Um, another day uh, in quarantine, kind of. States are reopening, I know, here in Texas. Uh, pretty soon we will be having um, the ability to go watch live sports if they do resume those games. Texas is kind of opening a lot faster than most places. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Um, yeah, Maryland's opening up enough for me to get kegs for the kegerator, man. Uh, wife's cousin <laughs> built us a very nice Keezer fridge. We finally got off our hands and, and went to get the kegs. So I'm now currently drinking a Space Dust IPA from Elysian is poured out of a keg that is in my living room. How I convinced my wife to let us keep a kegerator in the living room, I don't know. It looks nice. It looks classy. So she's a I, I'm, yeah, she's a keeper, man. She's a keeper. So so I'm doing great tonight. Um, and like yeah, like you said, we always think we're kind of we're always scrambling for ideas and what what are we gonna do for a pod? And then half hour, forty five minutes before we get on to do something, something pops up and and the football gods are good to us. So let's get into yeah. it, man. Yeah, for sure. This is the Fourth and Gold Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast and all your podcast platforms: Google, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever your podcasts are found. Subscribe, rate, review, pound the follow, um, and sub- subscription buttons, and uh, give us a shout out. Give us a, a review. Uh, tweet at us. We're always around to to talk and discuss 49ers football or just football in general. Or you know, like today, other things do come up in the world, so we are willing to discuss those things too. Um, before we get on. The Kittle stuff breaks, and mm-hmm. I had said it after the Super Bowl, and me and you talked about it privately. I'm like, is there a possibility Kittle holds out? And 
we kind of both were like, eh, maybe, maybe not. And now we're hearing that the two sides are far apart. I know folks want to say, you know, the 49ers front office is very quiet, very secretive. They don't let things out. But this is not coming from the 49ers front office. This is coming from Kittle's agent, according to Mike Silver. So those things, those are two separate, two different separate entity, entities. And for the Niners to be far apart makes me think that my initial theory on Kittle's contract would be closer to that of a wide receiver because he's not just a tight end. He he does everything for this offense. He is the engine that makes this car go. He makes everything move. We've seen what this offense looks like with he, when he's not out there, mm-hmm. and we see it when he is out there. Um, is it fair to say that $17.5 million a year is the right number for George Kittle? I'm paying that. I'm absolutely paying that because he is wide receiver one. No matter how you look at it, Kittle is your first option in the pass game, right? Especially yeah. now that they've gotten a better offensive line. They picked up some guys that can that can play and, and make it so that he doesn't have to stay in and pass block all the time. Um, he's got more weapons on the outside that can draw defenders away from him, so they can't solely focus on him. He's your first option in the pass game. You see, I mean, you hit it on the head when you said that we've seen this offense without him and what it does. It, that Seattle game you can point to over and over and over again on Monday night when they lost, when they had every opportunity to win, they didn't have that guy that comes up with the key play. Kittle is that guy. He's absolutely that guy. He's the heartbeat of the offense. You pay him. I don't care. You pay him. Yeah. Pay him. I don't care if it's wide receiver money. People say, oh, well, tight ends don't deserve wide receiver money. Look, Kyle Shanahan's been going his positionless stuff for a long time. You said in a tweet earlier, he's not just a tight end. He's also a swing tackle. He's also a wide receiver. He's also a slot. He's also a running back. They've handed him the ball off before. He's just he he pancakes people onto the ground. And he said when he when their breath goes out of them, it's, it's like their soul leaving their body. How like <laughs> come on, pay this man. I don't yeah. I don't care what it takes to get done. Uh, we we said you know back before the Buckner trade, we said that he was a piece you can build around, and that's when you want to keep yep. around long term. And then as soon as we were traded, we're like hmm, okay, I get it. It makes sense that they're not gonna they're not gonna come together on a contract. It, that's fine. You don't trade Kittle. Don't. You don't. Yeah. You can't move on from him. You, you find this guy in the fifth round. He 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 just sets the world on fire the last two years from the tight end position. You gotta pay him. I don't I almost don't give him a blank check, man. I almost don't care. Pay him so, because I think he's worth three other guys on any offense. Yeah, so real quick, the tight end market. Hunter Henry is averaging 10.6. Austin Hooper is 10.5. Travis Kelsey, 9.3. Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, 9 million. And Kyle Rudolph, 9 million. I would put George Kittle well above Austin Hooper, well above Hunter Henry, way above Rob Gronkowski, and way above Kyle Rudolph. Um, and then the sixth guy on the pace scale is Zach Ertz. I'd put him way above him as well. Um Mm-hmm. Now, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, you can have your debate. You can have your discussion. They're both very good at what they do, and they're designed specifically for the offenses that they play in. Um, but when you go look at the wide receivers, which is kind of where I would start the negotiation for George Kittle if I was his agent, mm-hmm. you know, your average salary, Amari Cooper is getting $20 million. Is Amari Cooper better than George Kittle? Absolutely not. Is... um. Odell Beckham more valuable to the Browns than George Kittle is to the 49ers? Absolutely not. DeAndre Hopkins in in Atlanta in uh, Arizona is getting 16.2. Brandon Cooks now in Houston is getting 16.2. 16.2 is ridiculous money for a guy like Brandon Cooks. Jarvis Landry is getting 15. 
Stephon Diggs is getting 14. Julio Jones is the highest paid wide receiver at $22 million a year. So I would start negotiations for George Kittle at 17 and a half and not think twice because he would get that anywhere else. Um, you can get him, you can put him in the category of Adam Thielen. Um, you can give him the DeAndre Hopkins money, the Mike Evans money. Though That's a comfortable spot because of what uh, all else that he does. And then the guaranteed money, um, I'm not, he, he shouldn't be in the tight end conversation for guaranteed money. When you go look at guaranteed signings for these tight ends, um, Travis Kelsey got 10. Austin Hooper got 18 and a half. Like, George Kittle is looking at these things like, what? Mm-hmm. George Kittle should be getting 40 to 45, $50 million guaranteed on a five-year deal at 17 and a half. That's kind of where it's at. I'm sorry, John Lynch. I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan, Jed York. But this is the fact of the matter. Like, George Kittle can go into negotiations and just show the tape after the after the Atlanta game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not not the Atlanta game. Excuse me, the Arizona game. Yeah, on Halloween, you know they go play Seattle. You see the offense struggle. Uh, the game after that, they what was the game after that? The Arizona, the next Arizona Seattle. game. It was, it was Arizona, Seattle, Arizona. Yeah, so those two games right there, you just see how the offense sputtered. Your, your running game doesn't work as well as it does. The passing game doesn't work as well as it does. He's worth every penny you're going to spend on him. And he's a leader on, on and off the field. Um, he comes in. He works hard from everything we know about him. He is the backbone of this franchise right now. So, mm-hmm. of course, you pay him. You can't not pay this guy. Yep. That's, that's really what it comes down to. You can't not pay him. You can't not pay him. He needs to get paid. Um, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to our guy, Travis H. We're going to jump in the mailbag portion of it, and he actually asked a question very similar to this, and it's how you know, Kittle's agent – how do the 40 hours talk Kittle's agent into him being a tight end, and how does Kittle's agent talk them into being a wide receiver? So that's the conversation we're having right now. So, Travis, thank you so much for the question because it, it's, it bears talking about it, bears discussing. And the news happened to break, which made your question extra relevant, so that's great. Um yeah. yeah, they they have to pay him. I, I think he's more valuable than a lot of the guys you named. Uh, I think you could make arguments on on Cooper and the, the Kelsey stuff. It's just there's so many different arguments you can have because how how truly valuable is a guy to a team? Yeah, because you know you look at all the weapons around him. When people say like Travis Kelsey is better than George Kittle, but if George Kittle was playing with Patrick Mahomes, who would put up bigger numbers? You know, George it's Kittle. just yeah. A fucking course, but like you know, it's a, it's a discussion you have to have. And, and when people say that like this player is better than that player, well, they're all playing in different scenarios, so it's really difficult to to say because the NFL is such a team game from top to bottom. But again, that's why you have to pay George Kittle because he's such a good teammate, and because of the attention he he draws, and because of the plays he can make, and not just the plays for himself, but blocking as a run blocker or staying into block as a pass blocker when when they need him to. Um, the intangibles, the the energy he brings, the bossa screaming on the sideline, like all this <laughs> stuff is just like he's like run it again. And it's just all these clips that come out, and, and when you see him interviewed and stuff, it's 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 awesome, man. And he had that quote where he went down to Mexico after after the season ended, and he told uh, Kyle Shanahan's wife, like, "Don't tell Kyle, but I want to stay in San Francisco." I don't blame yeah. him. I don't blame him. So I think this deal does get done eventually i'm not sure i think this is more of an agent leak to try yeah. and force the 49ers hand because now 49ers twitter's in an uproar and <laughs> i mean i think the 49ers have done a pretty good job of, of blocking out social media from their 
from the, the way they operate and do things. But some teams will kind of cave to fan pressure. Um, again, I don't think the 49ers are one of those, but that's what I think the agent is trying to do. Um, when he says far apart, I mean, they could be like a million a season apart, or they could be talking just straight up guaranteed money apart. Um, we don't know the contract negotiation, but I trust Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to understand the value George brings to the 49ers and to get this deal done. Yeah, you know, I could I could deal with Defoe being traded because you you found that replacement in the draft, and hopefully Kinlaw is as good or better than DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to find many George Kittle. This is a transcendent player. This is a guy potentially on a Hall of Fame path. You don't you don't let guys like that walk out of your building. You don't not you do not not pay them. You know, but I think I think this gets done. I think this gets done sooner than later. Um, but I also understand that the the cap implications are still there because who knows what the season's going to look like. You know, all the projections are that the cap may go down. Revenue is down this year. You know, those things that are going on with COVID and everything else like that. So there's a lot of there's a lot in play here. It's just not a good time for players to be in contract negotiations, to be honest, too, because of that. So um, I think this gets done. I think we're looking at a $17 million, $17.5 million deal a year on George Kittle and you know for fans out there who say he's not worth it just go turn on the tape yeah. there's nothing here to say that he's not um he, he he's wide receiver one he's tight end one <laughs> you know he could be your fullback one if you needed him to you know yep. there's he could be your swing tackle it's just he's an ex, he's he does everything and he's worth every penny but i think that covers it on Kittle i think yeah. we all know how valuable he is and uh, he should be a ten-year niner. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's open up this mailbag then. Uh, yeah. A lot of really good questions this this round. So guys, thank you so much for everything. I think we're going to answer all of them actually. Yeah. Um, just because to. we we're going to try to get to all of them because they were all really good. Uh, we'll start with this. Uh, you just talked about it. What does the season look like? Well, Steve Moss, Mister Vegemite, our guy down in Australia who let us know our podcast ads in Australia are liquor stores which is very on brand for us. So that's yes. fantastic. Uh, Steve Moss wants to know what a, what's a revised preseason going to look like and at what point does the regular season start to get pushed back based on player safety? Go ahead. Um, I don't think we know what the, the preseason looks like because we just don't know if we're even going to get OTAs, training camp, if they're going to push things up. Um, it could be, you know, just now thinking about it, it could be kind of like the the lockout year for basketball where they kind of just expedited all the preseason stuff just to get to the regular season and push it yep. back. Um, could the season be pushed to, you know, November, start in October instead of September or early August? Potentially, but I think we talked about it on the last podcast, the urgency in which some of these states are opening up because they don't want to lose the money from teams, yep. the tax dollars, the revenue dollars from these sports teams. I think we're going to get, or I think we're going to get a season on time um, as of right now, and like I said, I'm in Texas. They're already they're opening the professional sports back up, and they're allowing 25 percent capacity into stadiums right now. So eventually, you know, we have 150 days until the opening day of, of the NFL. That could potentially be moved to 75 capacity, 75 percent capacity yep. um, going forward. So I would say I think preseason stays the same, you know, but we we'd have to wait and see because there's not enough information on that yet. I think we're going to see something similar to the 2011 lockout year where Alex Smith had Camp Alex and he brought yeah. the team together. I think we're going to see individual groups of guys get together to work together before the NFL allows teams actually to come together as one. 
I think we're going to see a little bit of that. Um, maybe a shortened preseason, maybe two games instead of four. I don't know. Um, as it stands right now, like you said, states want money. Money rules all. Cream. So we're going to see them open up. I think we get I think we get a full, full preseason and a full NFL season starting on time. Okay, next question. Sean Patrick Scott wants to know, our guy Sean, how many <laughs> extensions do you think they get done during the season? Um, I'm going to start with this one. I say none. I don't think any get done during the season because it's not how this regime has operated. They've they've said that they usually table negotiations. They have a good idea. They have an open line of communication with the player's agent and with the player themselves on what they want to do, but they generally do not do deals during the season. So I'm going to say none. The big ones coming up are, are you know, Kittle, Warner, and, and McGlinchey. Um, McGlinchey obviously comes with a fifth-year option that they, they can exercise. Um, I, I just don't think they get any done during the season. I think Kittle happens before the season, and I think Warner happens almost immediately after. So I had initially said three before we started talking. Um, There's a guy we both forgot to talk about. Um, so I'm going to go with two extensions, uh, okay. Warner and Trent Williams. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Trent yeah. Williams renegotiated his deal, um, I, I guess, right after he signed with the Niners in that trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got some money up front. So there's some goodwill there with the 49ers front office. You know, he didn't play last year, so he's kind of getting some cash up front in hand. You know, you're, the, this is something with the front office that they've been doing. They just they take care of their players. You know, I understand the Defoe trade affected a lot of fans and things like that, but he also the front office made sure that Defoe went to a good situation, was mm-hmm. gonna get the money that he requested. They they made every effort to do that, do the right, do right by. DeForest Buckner, and I think they're going to do right here with Trent Williams. And Fred Warner deserves to be fa- paid. I think paying him early, earlier than later is a lot. Is very smart on Fred Warner because he's only ascending, and if you get him, if he becomes an all-pro at the end of the year, that automatically raises his price. So if you can get that deal done early, that would be ideal. So two, Trent Williams and Fred Warner. Okay, I'm sticking with zero. I still think, Trent, I think, I still think they, they, they table Trent Williams until the end of the year, and then it gets done. Almost as soon as it's over, but we'll see. Uh, I completely forgot about Charlie, so it was good to bring it up. Um, all right, we're going to go rapid fire here. Nick Floor wants to know, simple one here, how many sacks do you think Kinlaw will get this year? Eight and a half. I say seven. Okay. Okay, cool. Moving on. Uh, Uncle Salty wants to know, who will be the surprise of training cramp and grab one of the few remaining roster spots, and who will be a surprise trade and or cut before the season? Um, surprise in training camp... Ooh, that's tough because the roster's so stacked. Um, I think just the growth of Drake Greenlaw, I think he ends up earning that starting position over Quan Alexander. So yep. that would be my surprise. And a surprise trade, Tevin Coleman. Okay. I okay. mean, that's just a tough one because you got to see, you got to think of what, what, what would the Niners be willing to trade away? They're not going to trade away corners or safeties. They're not right. going to trade away their offensive linemen. Maybe they trade a defensive lineman. Maybe Solomon Thomas gets traded, but I don't foresee that happening either but i would say Drake greenlaw's surprise he takes a starting spot over kwan and then you know someone makes a trade for tevin coleman uh my big surprise is going to be there's going to be a lot more undrafted free agents that make this team than people think i'm going to answer that question later that's my surprise for training camp yeah and then my surprise trade or cut um i'm also going to cover this in a few minutes but um i really don't think dante pettis is long for san francisco so i think he's just one of the guys that has moved on from um here we go. Now, here's the here's the most important question we're going to answer all night. Caleb wants to know, mm-hmm. what's our favorite speed burger chain, and why is it Five Guys? 
Uh, well, Caleb, you'd be correct. It is Five Guys. Uh, Cajun fries are elite. Um, honorable mention is Smashburger, but uh, Five Guys is my go-to when I have a hangover. So, yes, Five Guys it is. Uh, Shake Shack 1, 1A, Five Guys for me. So, yeah, we're both there. Um, and In-N-Out, fries are cardboard. Argue, argue yes. with the fucking wall about it. They're terrible. I don't care. Ugh. I don't and care. And Whataburger's not that good. I live in Texas. It's really not that good. So. I agree. It's overrated. I had it when I was down there. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just it's too whatever. greasy. It's sloppy. There's too much mustard. It's like, what the fuck is this? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we're both big, big high on five guys. You got Smashburger. I got, I got Shake Shack as, as, as our next, our next up. So that's good. We're, see, this is, this is why this podcast works because we're, yes. we're right on this. Uh, my favorite question actually that we, that we got, um, it's our guy, Brett Runbeck. He wants to know, both of us get GM power for a day. Give me three immediate moves you'd make before training camp opens. I'm, I'm going to kick this one off. Go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the guy that we've been – I've been talking about for all offseason is they just want – I want to bring in a veteran pass rusher. I want to bring in a guy. He plays 15 to 20 snaps a game. And his only job is to go sack the quarterback. I want Cameron Wake. Give him to me. He can still play. He played decently well for Tennessee last year. I think if you put him on this defensive line and are able to give D Ford a blow or Nick Bosa a blow, whatever it is, just give them a little bit of a break. I think Cameron Wake can come in and make a huge impact for them. Uh, I also want to bring in Larry Warford. Uh, I wrote an article for 49ers Hub this week, and I asked, they asked what were some of the least deep positions, shallowest position groups, I guess, is the mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, and I said interior offensive line. Is, is one or two injuries away from being really up shit creek without a paddle. Uh, yeah. So I would bring in Larry Warford as a guard. I know he wants a lot of money, but whatever. Pay him, man. Just get him on a one-year deal. Hire him as a mercenary. Who cares? And then I said I was going to get into it. Trade Dante Pettis. I, I, I know he's working out with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. I know it looks like he put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle. That is great. I hope that is the case. I just He doesn't have the rapport with the coach, with Garoppolo, I go back to it every fucking time, right? That, that 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 Cleveland Browns game. I don't know if the confidence is there in him. I think he has the talent and the skills to play at the NFL level, Dante Pettis. I think he can. I think he shakes corners very well. I think he runs great routes. I don't know if he's willing to go over the middle, but there's a spot for guys like that on plenty of teams. I just don't know if it's in San Francisco. I think a change of scenery might be best for him. So I think uh, I would trade Dante Pettis as well. I understand trading him now is at like an all-time low value, but teams will still overpay for formerly drafted, formerly high-drafted players as a reclamation project, and I think Dante Pettis could be that for another team. Um, yeah, I like all those scenarios there. So I would uh, bring in Logan Ryan, cornerback formerly yep. of Tennessee. Uh, yep. The Niners are lacking after... Akella Witherspoon and uh, Emmanuel Mosley at the cornerback position. I know Tim Harris is still there, Jason Verrett, uh, which we'll go back to the last question. Jason Verrett could be a guy that could surprise. Ooh. Um, just listening to a couple of things, Jason Verrett could be a guy that surprised in training camp. Um, so hopefully we, he's recovered. You know, the Niners did sign him back. They must see something there. Um, but Logan Ryan would be a guy I would bring in. You know, he's a veteran guy, vet, vet deal. Uh, the other guy would be Marcus Golden. You wanted a pass rusher. I want another pass rusher. Mm-hmm. That's his 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 main job is to rush the pass rush, rush rush the passer. Um, and he's he's a speed rusher, so it just gives you that other element. And you can design a couple of different packages where you have Bosa Ford and Golden on the field at the same time. That's a dangerous combination. Um, and the trade, you know, maybe a trade here would be Tevin Coleman. And it's not it's not that I don't like Tevin Coleman. I just think he might be the worst running back on the team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would go. 
obviously Mostert, Jeff Wilson, McKinnon, and then the two undrafted free agent guys. But, you know, maybe Tevin Coleman is just one of those guys. He's good for four or five games. that He'll give you, you know, a big game here and there. But I would be willing to move off that contract. So that would be my three moves if I was GM for a day. Yeah. That's such a cool thing, man, if I was GM for the day. I wish I could be GM for the day. I would fuck shit up. You know how much cool gear you get, too? I know. have so much fucking shit. I know. I would just take it all home. I'd be like, all right, large, all the way around. Let's go. I'll take it. (laughs) Back the truck up. Um, Every hat, please. Yeah, every hat you got. Uh, So I can stop wearing the same damn one all the time. Um, Zach Pratt, co-host, 49ers Noir podcast. The uh, the guy joined us for the draft live stream, which we couldn't figure out my audio. Uh, Wants to know, (laughs) what was your AIM screen name? So your your AOL instant messaging screen name, and what would some 49ers players have as their screen names back in the day? And have you have an admission? Me 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 me, but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wendy's Baconator is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator. Stacked with the fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be Baconating. We got you. Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required. Yeah, I never had I never had a um, screen name. I, I mean, Ooh. I never had AIM. I never had AOL and Spencer. I just never had it. Um, I guess being broke is a thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, I would, I would just go to the library and do all my schoolwork, and that's just kind of how it was. We never had a computer at the house until like super late in high school, and I just never got into it. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I've never even actually seen it, so I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll take this one then. Uh, my screen name was uh, Lax Attack 2003 was my first one. Um, what? Yeah, man. Hey, man, I was a rich white kid, bro. I played lacrosse, just like every other rich white kid here on the East Coast, man. I played played lacrosse. You probably ate crab cakes, too. Nah, man. I'm not from Maryland. I'm from Virginia. I don't eat those crab cakes. That's right. Um, (laughs) But no, I played lacrosse. (laughs) So Lax Attack 2003, I thought I was hot shit, um, was my first one. It it, it changed over the years. You know, it evolved. Um, The away message game was was strong, was strong. I had a lot of of, uh, collision course lyrics as my as my going away message. So a lot of Jay-Z and Lincoln Park put together. I thought it was hot shit. Um, <laughs> so some of the players that would have had some back in the day, uh, Stone Cold George would be one for me, for Kittle, um, just because he wasn't going by, he probably wasn't going by Kittle at the time. He's probably going by George. He still loved wrestling. So I'm going to give that one. Um, Mike M6969 for McGlinchey, I think seems about right. Um for a guy that comes in and immediately wants the number. So I think he just really enamored with that number. I'm not sure why, but really enamored with that number. Um, and then my favorite one that I've just come up with off the top of my head is Kay Shans for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Kay Shans. So with a Z. So I think oh that would have been God. that would have been some of some of the some of the screen names we would have seen from some of these guys. But that's a that's a fun rabbit hole to go down. Um, I just between I was up to my elbows and tubing today, so I didn't have 
uh, a whole lot of time to think about it. Um, but yeah, so our, our, our next question, Ty Smith at Top Shelf Ty. What a fantastic Twitter handle. That's great, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on adding coaching losses to the comp pick formula? If your coordinator gets poached to become a head coach, you get a third round pick in return. Lesser coaches would be lesser compensation, etc. You dig? Um, I mean, I dig. I just guess I I don't I guess I don't understand how you you'd have a formula for that. It's just it's a coach. He's not really. I mean, I guess the coach affects the game, but it's just I don't know. It's just a weird concept to get my wrap my head around. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd be all for it. The more picks, the better. You know, it gives you more opportunities at you know at swinging and swinging and swinging and hopefully hitting a double or a single on a, on a draft pick. You know, especially a third or fourth rounder uh, for letting a guy like you know. Uh, like one of the Lafleur guys out the door, he goes to be another coordinator, or he gets a head coaching job. You know, you get something in return for that. So yeah, of course, I think it would be a good idea. It's just a matter of how do you create the formula for that yeah. um, for guys getting poached. And I think the Niners are going to be poached. I think the Niners are going to try to be poached again. They almost they were poached after four and twelve season. People were asking to interview all their guys. So mm-hmm. um, I suspect I suspect the that the uh, the Niners would definitely have a lot of guys getting interviewed this year too. But that's a good idea. Um, I just don't think the league will be able to get behind that. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting idea. Is how do you how does how does the formula work? Um, what is a special teams coach that's lost worth? What is a quality control coach worth? Uh, it, it's I don't think you can say a coordinator leaving to be a head coach. I don't think you can say it's a third round pick that that's such a high value on a coordinator. Which I understand some coordinators are great, but like. Should the Vikings get a third round pick because the Browns got their panties in a bunch and couldn't wait for real coordinators, so they hired Kevin Stefanski? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's a little tough for me to just get behind all the way with, with such high draft picks being involved. Um you want to talk about pff, six, seventh round picks? Sure, why not? Like guys swing for the fences with those picks. I mean, that's that's especially if they're gonna expand the rosters, I'm all for opening up. Um picks to be you know, to have more picks but I, I just don't know how the formula would work um anyway next question 49 thoughts wants to know is trent taylor 100 and if so do you think wes welker will unleash him this season i'll take this one because i love trent taylor yeah i have a trent taylor 81 jersey i bought it from china because i couldn't find them anywhere in the states and i didn't want to have one personalized and made in the states because it's expensive so I went to one of those third-party sites and got one for like 20 bucks. I wore it all the time until my family started giving me other jerseys, and now it's just in a rotation. I also got a little bit fatter, so it doesn't fit as well anymore. That's okay. You got the military. <laughs> it happens, man. Um, and you put I, a kegger I do, in your house. So, yeah, yeah. I, put a ke- I put a kegger in with three kegs in the house, man. I'm done. <laughs> it's game over for me. It's over. Uh, <laughs> do I think he's 100%? Um, I'm not sure if he's 100%. He is training, which is great to see. It's great to see him on the field. He had five foot surgeries. Will the Trent Taylor coordinator, Wes Welker, unleash him this season? I think he will. I think Jimmy Garoppolo loves Trent Taylor. If, if Trent Taylor is good and healthy, Trent Taylor becomes a third-down machine. I think he takes a little bit of those targets away from Kendrick Bourne, who does nothing but catch first downs and touchdowns. Yeah. I think Trent Taylor becomes one of those guys where all he does is catch first downs and touchdowns and move chains. I hope he's good. I really do. I don't know if he is. I'm not a doctor. Those five surgeries sounded miserable. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope he's good. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's healthy. I mean, if he's 100%, that's we don't know that for certain. You know, he can be training and, you know, if the medical, medical staff has cleared him, 
cool, perfect, awesome. I'm all here for it uh, because that was something that was missing, a third down receiver, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just a guy who can get you those two, three, four yards, kind of like he did in 2017 for Jimmy. He was a safety valve for him. Um, so that's kind of what I expect of Trent Taylor going into the 2020 season, if he is healthy, to be that safety valve uh, receiver for the Niners. Um, and, you know, he could be a yak guy, too. He could be a guy that just gets open and, and makes some plays. Um, and, you know, Wes Wilker, and I, I mean, it's more up to Kyle Shanahan if he wants to unleash him, because he does have a lot more weapons to, to, to use. So it's just more tools for, for Kyle Shanahan to use in the offense if Trent Taylor's ready to go. And hopefully he is, and... His training camp goes well because this this wide receiver room is starting to get crowded, um, and there's a lot of talent there. So we'll see how that goes with Trent. Yeah. Okay. This is a really simple one for us. Uh, oh, go back to Trent Taylor real fast. Uh, last year, the the coaching staff said he was going to be a Pro Bowler. Yeah. Before the injuries took over, like that's how confident they were in him being able to just be that guy on third down. So I fully expect Trent Taylor to, if if fully healthy, to to make an impact on 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 the offense and on the team. Uh, next next one, uh, Rod Simmons wants to know, what should our expectations of Jarek McKinnon be two years removed from the injury? And I think we're both on the same page here, and that is yeah. he has found money. Mm-hmm. Whatever they get from him is awesome, but I'm not expecting anything. If I find a $20 bill in my pocket, great. If not, it's like I never had it. Yeah, and with Jarek McKinnon, what I'm more excited about is him in the passing game as opposed to the running game. I, I think, like Trent Taylor... Uh, Jarek could be the safety valve guy. You know, people kept people said Jimmy was a check down guy. I wouldn't say he was a check down guy. He didn't really have that check down guy to go to mm-hmm. um, this past season. So Jarek and Trent both being healthy uh, provide a safety valve for the offense. And hopefully both guys are ready to go and healthy. Uh, by everything we've seen, Jarek McKinnon looks to be training very hard and he looks to be regaining some of his movements and things like that. Um, and, you know, with Matt, what Matt, Matt Mayoko was saying earlier this week, um, he expects a big role for Jarek McKinnon. So we'll see how that works. So, yeah, I'm I'm just expecting, you know, a guy that comes in on third down as a, as a pass catcher right now. Yep. If he's that's, prob- that's probably it. That's probably it. So um, is it football yet is, is the, the, the name next to the Twitter. Um, it, actually, Irish is the is the handle. What game are you guys coming out to see, and why is it Green Bay? <laughs> um, it depends on money, because San Francisco from Austin, Texas to San Francisco is pretty expensive. But it's most likely gonna be the Dallas game. It's a three-hour ride. Yep. I can load up my truck, put my grill back there, tailgate, chill out, and then drive home. So yeah, um, we'll see. But I would love to see the Niners kick the show, the Packers at home. So that'd be yeah, ideal. I think we're all trying to put together a little group get together down in Dallas. For that game, I think it's that's a good the spot. I, if you yeah, it's when I plan on going. I awesome. go to Jerry World, go see a primetime game. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, if I do make it out to a 49ers game this year, as it stands now, if I was to go, it'd probably be the Washington Redskins game because uh, my boss slash wife is a Redskins <laughs> fan, so she would enjoy going out there to see them. Hopefully, in better weather than we saw them in last year when it was yeah. downpouring. So uh, probably. Probably the Washington game in San Francisco would be the one I'm most likely to go to. Um, maybe the Bills game with my old man and my brother. As Bills fans, that would be fun. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It all depends on – I'm not buying tickets right now. I can tell you that much. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm not buying wait. tickets until until they until they get more a solidified thing. I'm not buying tickets. I would love to see them stop the shit at Green Bay again in person. That would be great. Um, Bradness37. 
wants to know, will Jimmy G have as many haters this season now that he made it to the Super Bowl in his first full season? I think we can answer this at the same time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, he will. Get ready for it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's not going to go anywhere until he wins the Super Bowl. It's just not. Yep. Period. Same same thing with Kyle Shanahan. It's not going to go anywhere until he wins the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. Paul wants to know, Pizza Warrior underscore. Oh, that's an awesome handle. Paul wants to know, how do you guys rate the chances of Jamichael Hasty making the roster? High. High as well. Very high. high. I'm very big on him. And you know, let's just let's just tag this up with Woody Gumps. Yeah. Question. He says, out of the ten undrafted free agents, who do you think will make the team? So let's just let's just lump these two questions together because they're uh, right there. Um, go ahead. Who you guys? Uh, who you got for your guys? So, uh, Jamichael Hasty, running back out of Baylor. Uh, Savan Ahmed out of Washington, the running back. Jared Maiden, the safety slash corner out of Alabama, and then the other corner, Demarcus AC. So I would say four guys make this roster as undrafted free agents, um, you know, then that brings into question who's off the team. So that would be something that, you know, the closer we get to training camp or closer we get to cut down days, we'd really realize that depending on how um, the preseason games go. But I think those four guys have the best shot to make the team. I would agree. I got those four at my top. And then other, another guy I'm going to sneak on in there is Chris Finky. Fink. I'm going to try to say his name. I should probably learn that before we talk, start talking about him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but it's the Slippery Fox an A-plus nickname uh, from Notre Dame because he is a kick and punt returner. And I think that his position is sorely lacking on the 49ers. I think it's one of the weakest spots on the roster as well. So if you can come in and make an impact as a kick returner, punt returner, you can make this team. So those those five guys for me and the same four you had, Hasty, Ahmed, AC, and Maiden. So yeah. I'm, really, I'm really high on AC, by the way. Just want everyone to know. That's that's my favorite out of the undrafted free agents is AC and and with how the cornerback grouping is is rounding out that could be a big big signing in as an undrafted free agent. Um, all right, so Chunky at Chunkier than you challenge accepted. Chunky um, <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on <laughs> thoughts on uh, Kyle Shanahan's particular loyalty to players, situational tunnel vision, or the old or an odd approach to finishing halves, games, drives, whatever. And whether that's an area he honestly self-assesses and what he, he's, he's kind of providing uh, context to it, it's uh, Kyle Shanahan's decision to start Coleman over Mostert in the Super Bowl. Um, it, it just you, We've seen it, like his loyalty to players like C.J. Beathard. Um, yeah. And guys, like, is this an area that Kyle Shanahan honestly self-assesses? What do you think? I think he self-assesses, and I think – this is where, like, the Kyle Shanahan arrogance kind of irritates me at times. You know, we went to the Falcons game, and Mostert would get the ball, Mostert gets first down. Here comes Coleman. Most Coleman gets the ball, three yards, nothing's happening. The offense kind of sputters. So mm-hmm. um, it, this is kind of sometimes where I, I wish Kyle had, like, just an offensive coordinator to help him out here. Um, I, I understand he knows his offense works and things like that, but sometimes – it would be good to have somebody there to be like, listen, just to check him. Like, hey, look, we don't need Coleman in the game at this time. Or let's stick with what's working here. Or, you know, on you know, we've seen it in the fourth and ones against the the, the Ravens, mm-hmm. um, the Falcons, and then of course, um, yeah, yeah, the Ravens and the Falcons games. Those you know those situations where you could you should go for it. You're you're in that position. Like, it's it's something I hope he's self assessing. 
Um, I'm sure he does self-assess. We saw him make some changes in the way he runs his offenses. He does stick with what's working for the most part. But at times when things aren't working, it's no reason for him to, you know, just to try to keep pounding at it to see if it breaks through. Um, you know, and then with the Super Bowl, getting away from the jet sweep versus, you know, eventually the defense, the other guys get paid too in that kind of mm-hmm. situation. Um, I get it. The Debo jet sweeps are super, super dope. They're sweet. And he did change the way the jet sweep looked on that one play. The other one was a design pass. Debo decided to pull it and run. And run, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't open. The pass was supposed to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. So, again, this is where me watching the Super Bowl like 100 fucking times comes into play. Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> is not wide open. The play is designed to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, um, right. So it didn't work. So Debo just runs it up the middle, gains 11 yards, first down. Um, but I think they could have used Jeff Sweep maybe once more in that game. Um, but, at, you know, at some point, the defense are going to pick up on that. They're going to they're gonna read that and do those things. But um, I, th- I do think Kyle has some loyalties to players like C.J. Beathard, Tevin Coleman, um, you know, but you you also see that he does get away from some of those loyalties. Mike Persons no longer is on this team. That's mm-hmm. a guy he he was loyal to. He's no longer on this team. So it's it's something that hopefully he works through. Yeah, um, you know, one of our favorite sayings here is is when you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room, yeah. and that's how we feel. Kyle Shanahan knows he's the smartest person in the room when it comes to offensive stuff. Like he just knows he is, and he's happy to be the smartest person in the room. And I think that's where some of the self-assessment falls short. I do think he does it. I do think he looks at the roster. I think him and John Lynch have legitimate conversations about stuff. But I think he I think he watches the tape of C.J. Beathard, and he sees something in C.J. Beathard that other teams don't. And he covets that because he sees it and other people don't, and he can't fathom letting it go. I think, he's, I think he sees the same thing in Tevin Coleman because Tevin Coleman can sometimes break crazy good plays or go off for monster gains like we saw against the Panthers. I do think he self-assesses. I just, man, I, I just think his self-assessment is done a lot different than than we do on the outside. So, yeah, he does. He does self-assess, but it's just it's a very different self-assessment when you're when you're that so far more knowledgeable about the offensive Offense. side of the ball <laughs> in football, like than than ninety five percent of like people have ever existed. Like, you know, you're probably even higher than that. Like, you know, it's just. He's got a different way of assessing, and I, I'm not a fan of it. I have not wanted Beathard on this team for long. I thought Tevin Coleman was a very smart person to move on from before they paid him his money. Um, I, I I get it. I understand why people are frustrated with it. It's just pros and cons of Kyle Shanahan. No coach is perfect, right? Yeah. No coach is ever perfect, and this is like this is his biggest con, I think, to me is is his inability to to change and move on from certain people that said that said when it comes time to adjusting a play scheme during the game he is not sean mcveigh he is not pound your head against the wall until it works he does make adjustments he might not make as many as folks think or want him to make but he does make adjustments so it's not the worst thing in the world and if this if these the two things we're talking about for kyle shanahan are the worst things about him then the 49ers are in good shape they're in good shape you know, and with it, it's it's sometimes good to have loyalty to players, um, but you know you kind of have to have that cutthroat mentality. You know, you got to be like Bill Belichick. Like, listen, you're not getting it done. You're not playing. But we all, you know, we kind of saw that though too. You know, Marquise Goodwin had a good first year. 
he kind of fell out of good graces. He's not in the game anymore. Dante Pettis, they tried to force him on the field. They got him off the field. So, you know, there's some, there's examples of both sides of this. You know, he, he may not have loyalty to all his players, but um, but I understand the Bethard one and the Coleman one um, as, you know, something for concern. But I, I, don't think, I don't think Coleman's a terrible player, but I just think for the cost that you're paying all these running backs, you know, that'd be a guy that I'd move on from, especially with the two guys you got in drafted free agency. Yeah, and if you can get somebody like, I don't know, Larry Warford <laughs> instead because you moved on from Tevin Coleman, I'd be cool with it. Uh, but it, it's a guy that knows the offense and knows the inside outs. So that's why he's sticking around. Uh, last one from Jim Kilty. Jim Kilty. What caused Dante Pettis to slide down the Jep chart from number one early on in the year to not even being active for the Super Bowl? Can he recover this season? So there's a number of things. Um Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, those are your first two reasons. Uh, then the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders, so that pushes Dante to four. And then, you know, we saw the video of his lackadaisical efforts in practice. Uh, we, you know, we talked about the last pod. We saw him drop the pass in against Cleveland, and Jimmy is like every fucking time. So, you know, the issue with hands, work ethic, um, you know, not coming in at a certain weight they wanted him to come into last season. Um it's just a number of things, and hopefully he's corrected those things. But until he does, I don't see him coming out of the Kyle Shanahan doghouse. But if him working out with Jimmy Garoppolo is building some type of rapport, then Jimmy might be the guy to save his ass, to be honest, now that I think about it. Um, can he recover the season? Of course. It's just a matter of him showing up in training camp at the weight they wanted, going over the middle, making these catches he's supposed to be making, um, You know, not shying away from contact, those type of things. We've seen the type of receivers Kyle Shanahan wants. He wants physical guys. KB gets physical in the run game. Debo's physical. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is a guy who will block and be physical. Jalen Hurd, obviously, you know they, that's just the kind of guys they want. George Kittle, they they want physical wide receivers and fast catchers. So he's got to change a little bit of his mentality. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is is they need to see him. Something needs to click. Yeah. For him, because it hasn't so far, and that's—I mean—that's not great. It, it, but it happens, right? It's just some of the—it's some of the things that happen. It's just, man, I'm trying to—I—I love—I love Dante Pettis' talent. I love his talent. I, I love the ability for him to separate. I think that that, that shake and bake he ran on the guy in, from Denver in 2017 or 2018, excuse me, was incredible. Where he took two steps and he had the guy going four steps in the wrong direction. I absolutely love his talent. I just don't know if he can put it all together. Uh, he has to get back in Jimmy's good graces first, I think. Because I think you're right. I think Jimmy can save him before Kyle will. If Jimmy is comfortable and, and Jimmy is ready to get him the ball in practice and let him show what he can do, then then it'll work. But it's an uphill battle for Pettis from here. Like you said, the wide receiver room is crowded. Yeah. This is the biggest change. This is the biggest turnover on the entire roster is the wide receiver room. The only two people coming back guaranteed are Debo and Kendrick Bourne. The rest of the guys could be gone. Marquise Goodwin, gone. Uh, you're looking at Emmanuel Sanders, gone. Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd returning from injury. They drafted Brandon Ayuk. They drafted Juwan Jennings. Uh, Richie James on the bubble. Dante Pettis on the bubble now. It, it, this, this whole position group can be completely different from day one last year to day one this year. And I'd be completely okay with that. 
So if Dante Pettis wants to make this team, he needs to show Jimmy Garoppolo, and he needs to show his teammates, and he needs to show Kyle Shanahan that he is willing to go above and beyond. And judging by the way he looks right now, that looks good. That looks good. It looks like he's showing maturity and growth. And, like, growth, because he looks big. So, like, if that's if that's what he's been doing all offseason, that's what he's been focusing on, I think we could be set to see the best Dante Pettis we've seen so far. Yeah. And, but, you know, that only benefits the team, too. So Only benefits the team. I'm all, I'm all the way here for him being the best. He can be, but he has to do it, and he has to do it on the field, and he has to do it once the pads come on, because I think that's where he struggles. Is to is to put it together on Sundays. Yeah. Hope he can. It's Hope make a break. It's make a break for Dante. It's also Absolutely. make a break for Akella Witherspoon. So, mm-hmm. and Solomon Thomas. So there's there's three guys there that are going to be in that conversation of you know, can they turn it around? So we will hope and hopefully they do, and hopefully they are contributors to this team going forward. But um, is that all the questions, man? Did we go yeah, through them all? all the questions, man? Okay. We went through them all. This this is a great round of question, guys. So thank you so much for for chiming in and 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 hitting us with some brain busters because this is this is fun. We don't we you know me and me and you just usually shit go back shit. and forth talk about our own stuff. So it's fun to get you guys involved and and we really appreciate everyone that asked a question and and challenged me to be chunkier than them. I mean this is this has just been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed this. These questions are really good. Um. But, the Barson said hi, guys. From now on, like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> up this because this is, this is, this is, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So that that should do it for this week. We'll be back next week. We have, um, we'll we'll, we'll announce it later on this week. We have something yeah, coming up, yeah, but yeah. Um, we will be back later on next week to discuss the 49ers, as always, and um, keep the content. Excuse me, keep the questions coming. Keep the conversation going. With the 49ers, it is a long off-season, longer than usual, consistent, mm-hmm. considering all that's going on. Um, for those out there who are essential workers and for those who are out there just in general, just be safe, everybody. The world is a crazy place right now. I just wanted to share that. Um, you know, we, you know, if you are a religious person, you know, pray for each other and keep everyone in, in their good graces. Um, but this is the 4th and Gold Podcast. I'm Javi. That is Matt. Follow us on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy Matt at... Matt Bar underscore. Don't forget the Fourth and Gold podcast is now powered by Pro Football Network. <laughs> you can follow them at PFN three sixty five and at PFN Podcasts. Yeah, and you know if you have any interest in any other teams or betting or fantasy football, they do offer podcasts for those uh, things as well. Check those guys out. Give them all a follow. Retweet other stuff. We appreciate all the support uh, through our transition and you know our continued growth with the podcast here. Uh, but until then, or until next week, go Niners. Peace. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. 
the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.